today on Oxl FM, Jalala and I complete another gaming retrospective. But this time, rather than a series of games or a franchise, we'll focus on just one, and boy it's a doozy. Join us as we begin the raid on part one of the World of Warcraft retrospective. Hello and welcome to the episode of Octal FM. I am Sefran. And I'm Gelado. And today we are back with a little retrospective. Mm. I'm going to preface this with the fact that it's almost certainly going to be at least a two-parter, possibly yes. more, depending on how long we take with certain things. <laughs> but I think it's warranted considering the breadth and history of the game alone. Single game, one Single game. game yeah. <laughs> uh, and that is World of Warcraft. Yep. We were discussing sort of like uh, how you've been enjoying WoW Classic recently. Mm, mm. Uh, and we were talking about some other MMOs and stuff and everything and we're like wow itself even though it's a single game is it's got a very long history uh, mm. and there's a lot to cover yeah so we're almost certainly gonna be using multiple episodes to talk about it yeah and i guarantee we will miss something important or interesting yep. or we'll get an you know a detail wrong etc so from the absolute get-go neither of us were the biggest world of warcraft players like we've both played the game you a lot more than me but even Mm -hmm. still uh so if we get something wrong we 100 percent apologize please email in or message in or whatever and let us know and we will maybe do like a corrections episode or something (laughs) uh, which will be a whole episode in itself yeah from the amount of mistakes we're about to make probably but we'll do our best we'll do our best to cover this what is yeah a hundred percent like like it's been going for what 16 years 17 yeah yeah about that 17 years this year i guess because it was 2004 when it came out yeah and, and and even before the game came out there's a lot to talk about about sort of blizzard themselves right and kind of what you know the build-up to the release of wow because Mm. even the game was first announced in 2001 but you can go back even further when you're talking about warcraft and you're talking about the original real-time strategy games you know and and you know at the very beginning when you think about the first strategy games and and the first the early games that blizzard made it was starcraft diablo and warcraft right that was the thing and very quickly as we talk through talk through the, the the history of wow eventually it becomes warcraft and world of warcraft you know like they're like two because it's it got so big that it was almost its own it you know it was it was its own thing alongside yeah. warcraft diablo and starcraft right yeah no absolutely and i don't think they ever anticipated world of warcraft being as massive no. as it became they definitely and didn't. as genre defining as it was they definitely didn't because we actually we have some stats on that as we go through of sort of like expectation versus reality from blizzard but yeah we're going to use this we're going to we think we're going to use this first episode to chronicle the the rise of wow and mm. then probably a second episode to talk about the the fall in inverted commas of wow mm. and and sort of where we're at today with things like wow classic and stuff like that um but yeah like right going going way back to the mid 90s you had warcraft orcs and humans you had warcraft 2 at the time blizzard clearly had big ideas about this world that they were building like they were known for their world building and Mm. but a lot of the lore and the and, and, and that kind of thing was all in the manuals you know it wasn't really you couldn't really do you know backstory and storytelling in in real time strategy games of that kind of era 
And they so, did a surprisingly good job of like fleshing it out. Like mm. RTSs at the time weren't necessarily like devoid of story. No. Like I'm thinking about things like Command and Conquer, for example, sure. yeah, because like point. even that had a pretty good little story mm. to it, even if it was a little bit schlocky. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it still had some. But but games at that point often told their stories through their manuals, yeah. and then like it just assumed you knew what was going on in exactly. game by reading exactly. them. Exactly. So they sort of set themselves up with a bit of a decent like jumping off point shall we say a hundred percent a hundred percent they'd made sure to have this big wonderful expansive world Mm. which they built up into sort of the crescendo of warcraft 3 Mm. which i think is sort of the first thing that you kind of need to talk about because there's definitely a little bit of crossover like the first two warcraft games were were very ostensibly typical rts games Mm. in that they were strategies Mm. whereas warcraft 3 was very much a hybrid of mm. that because it was the first time they introduced sort of like the hero units mm. where they had skills yes and it was a lot more about that character that you were controlling within a story cinematic environment yeah as opposed to the strategy of it yeah and i think it's interesting as well because they announced world of warcraft in 2001 but then warcraft 3 came out in 2002 and, and then the expansion in 2003 before world of warcraft so they were very much kind of it feels like that was part of the plan, right? You know, you're sort of, you're starting to expose more of the universe. You're starting to let, you know, like lay down, you know, more of the backstory, more characters and things like that. Because when you actually think about MMOs at the time, where we were at, I think WoW really was in, was obviously massively inspired by the potential that was demonstrated by everquest Mm. right everquest was in 1999 and it was really the first kind of like commercially successful 3d mmo and we've actually talked about we've done like an uh, an mmo sort of retrospective or whatever like the like defining a genre right where we talked about some of this you know but it wasn't like it was popular right like lots of people played everquest it was the most popular mmo of the time they were like you know they never published player stats but the sort of guesses is something like four hundred thousand at its peak were playing everquest which was massive you know when you think that no one had broadband broadband wasn't invented at this point Mm. you know you only had dial up it was it you know you needed a decent pc which not very many people had it was subscription based which people weren't familiar with so it was very successful for for its time and you know, you also had other MMOs around then, 3D MMOs, things like Fantasy Star Online, RuneScape, Final Fantasy XI, Star Wars Galaxies. Like these are like early 2000s. And these were all showing this potential, which Blizzard was clearly taking yeah, note yeah. of. And these are all b- very popular too. Like yeah. they they weren't necessarily all competing for the same slice of the pie. Like right. they all had their own slight niche. Some of them were on yeah. consoles, some of them were on PCs, yeah. some of them were sci-fi, some of them were fantasy. Yeah. Some of them were more game orientated, whereas some of them were more social orientated. Right. And But the thing is, is that one thing that they were all was pretty hardcore in the yeah. sense that they were quite opaque. They You really... There wasn't a lot of crossover within the gaming world and also outside of the gaming world of like, if you were an RTS player, you probably wouldn't play an MMO. You know, maybe if you were an RPG player, you might play an MMO, but it was very much a sort of certain type of thing. Like if you were into MMOs, like that was your thing. Like it was you played it, you were an MMO player because they were, yeah, there was a lot going on in them, you know, and they were quite punishing, you know, like uh, you 
in EverQuest and, and most of the MMOs at the time, like you would lose ex, um, experience when you died, yeah. you know, and all of this kind of stuff, like very sort of like punishing, hardcore, yeah. you know, lots of effort required to play. And well, I think that was the word to use is effort. Like it, it was a large mm. amount of investment and effort on the individual yeah. player's part. Like, so not only were you having to pay your subscription fee, yeah. which again was still reasonably like an unthought of oh, thing. Oh, 100%, 100%. Like typically speaking, you thought about buying a game and that was the end of it. But then yeah. you were asked to pay like a £10 or whatever yeah. monthly fee. Like even, <laughs> even anecdotally for me, even trying to like explain that to my parents who had to pay for me because I wasn't old enough to have a credit card. And like right. some of the subscription services I used were like credit cards only, not debit cards, which I yeah. had. So that, and they were like, why are you paying for it? Like you yeah, own it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, you know, but you have to. And so the fact that these were still super popular, even despite all of those things that you just said, like the fact that they were more game orientated, mm. they were sort of very much with their own niche, you had to pay for them. They still were incredibly popular. Yeah. And I guess Blizzard looked at this and went, well, let's, let's do it. Like let's, let's take a piece of that popular pie, but do it on our own style. Yeah. And also crucially, I think like, What's interesting, when they announced WoW, it was very much like, this is the more accessible MMO. This is the more casual MMO. Mm. Um, this is the one to, for, for all gamers to play. You know, if you were a fan of the hugely successful Warcraft RTS games, then, you know, you should play WoW because it's the same. You know, it really kind of like brought gamers that wouldn't typically play sure there were like people who went over from everquest to wow and, and so on and so forth but it mm. was really all about bringing brand new players to the genre and it's crazy like as as we go through especially when we start to talk about like the fall of wow in the next episode but it's funny to think that like wow the, the like classic vanilla original wow was like the casual mmo yeah. when you then get to sort of later wow where people are like man i miss the days of hardcore wow in the, <laughs> in the early like days difficult. and it's like that was the casual that was the casual yeah. mmo like it's really interesting to see how that changes as we go through and, and that's partially down to a change of like game design like mm. as games became sort of like more modern like as as the expansions of WoW went on, we're not going to jump ahead too much there, but the, so so the, the game design sort of followed suit, but also to try and cater towards an audience that wanted a a more easy experience, a more yeah. of like a, a a cinematic experience, an easy yeah. sort of armchair thing, rather than trying to achieve a goal. Yeah. And like you say, consider the fact that like the original World of Warcraft release was pretty easy even then right well the only real exception i feel would have been sort of the the, the end game content sure. of, of some yeah, of the, yeah, yeah. the earlier raids which were like of course. kind of well known for being difficult but other mm. than that the game was very quest based yeah whereas many games beforehand were very sort of like grindy you mm. go to an area you sort of like kill a load of monsters and then that's yeah. it sort of thing. very like sandbox right like, like yeah. everquest a lot of mmos from that time were were very like sandbox like you do what you want to do you go find yeah. what you want to do right and Whereas, we're not going to tell you where to go up until basically the end game the game holds your hand the entire way guide yeah. you through area after area and occasionally you might have to stay within a certain area because maybe you weren't quite high level enough or you need mm. a different piece of gear etc but typically speaking you would outgrow quests in your area reasonably quickly yeah and you would and they, be almost forced to move on yeah and they would you would get signpost quests right to the next area yeah. to like make it clear okay this is where you need to go next and like this is the you know this is the level you know the levels required for that so it was quite um, unique in the sense that like the game was hand holding you through its mm. its content in a single player manner despite it being an mmo being mm. online yeah exactly exactly 
so yeah like so we've we sort of you got end late 90s early 2000s like you're starting to see these mmos but still very much restrict like restricted in growth to the genre of itself uh and then it was the end of 2004 when world of warcraft launched and it's funny like when i was looking back at the history like it launched in like north america australia i think maybe like new zealand first and then it didn't come to europe until february so there was like a few months and like that was you know that was quite normal for any get for for sort of games you know of all kinds due to localization and all kinds of things but to think now that that was like what was expected like the first raid boss kill was in january so before the game even came out like players in north america and whatever other regions were available had like beaten the you know all of the content in the game which is really interesting like in europe you just could never get the first you you would never be the first like it just wasn't possible they it was so it's really interesting to think just how popular world of warcraft was from day one Mm. it was like they had something like a quarter of a million subscribers right from the start like within the first few days or whatever and like i said like everquest was probably at about 400k Right. So they were like half of EverQuest from day one. Just there and then. They had 88 servers right at the start. Like it was big right from the beginning. And bearing in mind, this is coming from the days where like you would have maybe three or four servers for an MMO. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, like maybe more on some of the big ones like EverQuest. Yeah, but yeah, that's, yeah. that's kind of it. Like yeah. typically speaking, there wasn't really a problem with that. And yeah. this is also sort of before like instanced game matchmaking yes. services. So like. Yes everything would be on a, a literal physical server. Yes. You know, it's hard to imagine that nowadays, I suppose, with like the very instant matchmaking, seamless cloud-based gaming that we all play yeah. nowadays. And also games as a service, right? That's sort of, you know, mm. things like Destiny and stuff like that, where there yeah. are no servers. You're just, you are you can't tell what server you're on, so to speak. Yeah, you're, you're just feeding your information to a machine, which is feeding your information to everyone else. Yeah. And then vice versa, and you're running everything locally, whereas on old school MMOs, you were literally playing on a single machine Yeah, you would then sign up for along with other people. Exactly. And there was no way to sort of like easily switch between these servers either with your same character. Like, yeah. I think it was possible to request server transfers, but did they it would, even cost real money to do it costs, that? It costs money and it still does. Like, like for, for uh, certainly in classic, I think it does. Like, like paid for server transfers and, and stuff like that. Like you, crazy. you would have to pay. For, such um, a, a, yeah. for something nowadays that you wouldn't even consider be, having to even do, let alone mm. it being a cost. You know? Yeah, like, absolutely. It's crazy. But yeah, like to be that large, you know, clearly they had captured more than just the MMO market. And, you know, to to have that many people like in in four months, they got they had a million subscribers. Mm. And by in six months, they had three million. And that that was three times what they thought they would get. They thought they would get a million in a year and they got three million in six months. So that shows, you know, and, and that's given that this is the time when like, like no one had broadband like everyone had dial up mm-hmm. like it's years before even half of like the uk for example has broadband you know the requirements were heavy you needed a modem you know you needed an internet connection you needed people to not make phone calls while you were playing wow because yeah, like yeah. it would drop like you needed to pay for it as much as world of warcraft now looks terrible at the time you needed a decent pc to play it yeah and it looked quite nice as well like that's something yeah. that i think we we've skipped over so far is that the game was actually really good Mm. like from a game point of view not from a service point of view necessarily i mean it was too but 
just from a game point of view, as a single player experience almost, it was a really good game. Like yeah. there was a lot of content, a lot of areas. It looked really nice. It was very polished with a very distinct very art polished. style. Yeah, very you typical know. Blizzard polish, right? Yeah. And then there was also the fact that the the game could easily be played without any other players around you. Mm. You were just a single player quest-based game if you wanted to. But the, there was also the option to, you know, guild up or party up or whatever. Yeah. And that has aged badly now yes but yeah. at the time it looked really nice like and, and it was very pretty yeah exactly exactly you're right like a lot of mmos and actually like during wow's growth right there were contenders you know there everyone was always looking for the wow killer everyone would always you know be at be reviewing mmos to say this is the wow killer you know this is the one that's going to beat it and things like age of conan and um warhammer online and things like that mm-hmm. and and the fact is like none of them ever did obviously like no. world of warcraft is still around and none of these are and one of the reasons was just that WoW was just a really good game and and didn't have bugs. Yeah, obviously it did, but like relative to a lot Relatively of speaking, contenders, yeah. they just couldn't match the quality of output that Blizzard could achieve at the time. Maybe not so much now, but <laughs> at the time, you know, they, they were really, they were very good at what they did, right? Yeah. And, and, it, and it showed and that's, yeah, you've got to remember that it wasn't just about being in the right place at the right time. It was also about making a exceptionally good, good game, product, right? Yeah. You know, a, a game that was addictive. You know, there was all of there was this was such a huge sort of thing, right, about people being addicted to playing World of Warcraft because it was so good and they designed it so well in inverted commas. You know, you think that's kind of normal now. If you think about like casual games, like the psychology of making games that are addictive is like a whole thing that mm. is very well understood nowadays, thanks to mobile games and things like Candy Crush and stuff like that. But back then that was less of a thing. And Blizzard really like nailed it themselves. You know, they had worked out that formula for themselves where that wasn't so well understood as it is now. I think... One thing I, would, I want to talk about at some point or another, and this seems mm. a good point to discuss it, is that every element of the where it was a good game, and it was a good game, the majority of people that played it probably weren't even there for a good game. They were mm. there because their friends were there. Mm. And their friends were there because their friends were there. Yeah. And so on and so forth. And this was pre-social media. Mm. So this is an opportunity for people online to chat with each other while doing something yeah. socially. Yeah. I mean, this wasn't pre internet chatting like you know you obviously you had like irc and other sort of like boards and boards but then you also have like messenger services by this point as well you Mm, had things like icq msn etc but this was basically that but a step above like Mm -hmm. i absolutely remember the one of the first times i played the game other than on a friend's account Mm. was because i wanted to spend some time with people online like i wanted to play with them at the same time as chatting and when people say they're addicted to this game i genuinely don't think they were addicted to the game i think they were addicted to the social interaction that came with the game yes you know like how many nights would you have stayed up till like five in the morning talking with your american friends right you know because you didn't want to miss out on the social interactions yeah yeah it's a really good point especially once it reached that kind of critical mass where it had that broad appeal you know and so anyone would play would be could be playing well right like you said like your sister played it for a time and she's not like a you know a big gamer or anything it's that's very much because it had that appeal to a broader audience because of the way it was designed that social aspect and that stickiness from it being social and from making friends on wow really helped 
it just continue to rise, right? Blizzard in, in all of this period, and we'll get to the point where it happens, but for, we're still quite early on in the in 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 WoW's story, and they never drop it. They never drop subscriber numbers like no. month on month. Like it just keeps growing and growing and growing. You know, and you started to get some really interesting like it started to bleed out right into like obviously gamer culture but also even just like general popular culture, culture yeah. right you know and just side guy stuff like like for us there was the pure ownage world mm. of warcraft episodes which were like march 2005 so that's like five five six months after launch the biggest one was was the leroy jenkins um video which was may 2005 so what that is like six months after isn't it um, or yeah. seven months after launch and you know that really yeah, like like that was at the point where WoW was really, really great. That just fast. became internet culture as a whole, yeah, you know. That exactly. was, and that was the kind of the, the early end of internet culture as a, mm. as a thing as well. Like yeah. prior to this, there would have been obviously there was internet culture, but this was one of the early memes. Right. You know, this is one of those yeah. those early videos that you shared with people. Bearing in mind yes. there was no YouTube at this point either. No, no, exactly. No, YouTube like, there was no Facebook. There was no YouTube. Like these were the kind of things that you would share via like emails and like right. forum posts and stuff yeah. like that exactly exactly one of the interesting ones as well and i didn't realize how early on this happened i thought it was much later because i re- i sort of vaguely remember it was that there was like a virtual pandemic mm. in wow in, in in 2005 where there was like a a debuff in a raid or like in a dungeon it was like you would pass it on in proximity to, to like proximity to another player and they yeah. would slowly lose health until they died. And someone worked like they worked out how to like get it out of the dungeon. Um, and so it basically just spread across the whole game across servers. And for like a few days, the game was basically unplayable mm-hmm. because all the popular areas, people were just dying constantly and you couldn't like, you know you couldn't get respawn and get back in because you would just die you would just get this this yeah, uh because you would catch you this know, disease debuff. yeah and like there was re- like research was done on that and i think maybe that why it feels more recent was because some of this resurfaced around covid right yeah and like this conversation came back about this this pandemic in wow yeah it's really really interesting like that was how big wow was was that you could use it to model pandemics well not only did they use it to model pandemics but they also used it to model economic growth like right. mmos i mean i think more famously eve is probably a better one that people mm. use for it but even still like MMOs with the size of World of Warcraft with such huge player numbers mm. is a fantastic way to to look at how uh, economies grow and mm. shrink and change with new additions and, and, and sort of ripple effects and even small changes within a game sent massive shockwaves through the, mm. the value of gold and uh, certain items within mm. the game. And that was also quite heavily studied as well because like, it mm. was just this huge amount of data that you kind of got for free effectively Mm. (laughs) you know you wouldn't be able to do in the real world yeah exactly exactly i don't know when they announced it but like the first expansion came out in january 2007 so that's what like two years just a bit over two years after launch two and a bit years yeah at that point when the burning crusade came out they had eight million players um, which is a huge number um, for the for the time, and actually, it was the Burning Crusade itself sold something like two and a half million copies in the first twenty four hours, which made it one of the fastest selling games. Like at the time, it was the fastest selling yeah. game, only um, to be outdone by itself <laughs> later yeah. on. Yeah. And we we mentioned this when we were writing the notes, and that at this point they were still being treated like kind of traditional games, so mm. you physically had to go out and buy. Oh yeah, the Burning Crusade, like yeah. 
it wasn't just like a server update that then like you updated your client and that was the end of yeah. it. You had to go out to like the game shop. Yeah. And physically buy the discs. Yeah, exactly. And in fact, I remember buying the like battle chest, which gave you like the first game and the second game, you know, and that's as a combo kind of thing. Cause you had to buy every game. Like this is very much not a thing in MMOs nowadays. You just, you download the game. There's normally a free trial and then you just, start paying a subscription yeah. right yeah, yeah. um but in these days you had to buy the game and you know in fact i think the game didn't it used to come with a like 10 day pass for a friend kind yeah of thing? that like, sounds about right one and of the if ways they carried they on sort if of, they like bought you know, like a monthly subscription like that person also got like a three month subscription yeah with it or and you had the like refer a friend things yeah, and you used yeah, to yeah. be able to get like exclusive mounts and stuff yes, like that like yes, they did yeah. a lot of that kind of sort of like yeah like referral growth um and it, and it must have worked something fierce because mm player numbers just kept on rising yeah yeah, I, yeah. Mean, I mean they did not have to deal with any kind of like retention issues at this point you know eight million players in the burning crusades that was the burning crusade was mostly a, like it was just a big content patch right there yeah. were like new races there was a new area they raised the level cap they added flying mounts um in in, in the new area anyway yeah like a year after the burning crusade they reached 10 million subscribers and at that point you know like we said there's been other, there were other lots of mmos were trying and some were succeeding you know i don't know when lord of the rings online came out but that's somewhere around here you know there were some mmos that were carving out a niche for themselves but most mmos wouldn't even reach like 1 million players no. subscribers let alone 10 million subscribers um that was how far you know far away and again like blizzard were keeping up that level of polish you know yes, they were doing yeah. content patches in between expansions releasing new content all the time you know very balancing with, all with, with the a time good cadence. as well and that really helped keep people interested you know mm. keep people playing because there's new content to play there's new things to do all the time you know that also really really helped and, and you can't understate the importance of that versus other mmos at the time that just didn't really achieve that in the same way that blizzard could i think it's genuinely quite impressive especially early on how they managed to balance the fun social like non-hardcore player base mm -hmm. and what they wanted with keeping the game somewhat engaging to the people who wanted the, mm. the kind of end game stuff like because yeah. i believe it was uh, burning crusade it may have been wrath of the lich king that introduced quite a significant improvement to the PvP side of stuff. Mm. Um, they had like a lot of new content for the battlegrounds, sort of like the on yeah. the, the the designated like mass PvP areas. Yes, and they also interesting kept on increasing the difficulty of like raids and making them like even more mm. ridiculously hard. But yeah, people obviously would still conquer them with <laughs> relative ease. Yeah, it's it's very impressive how they managed to balance everything. And in fairness, I think eventually they they kind of dropped the ball because it was just impossible to carry on. Yeah. Because yeah. that that's evident by the, some of the latest expansions, how they just got bigger and bigger and they were just untenable to keep up with. Yeah. But the at the time, being able to have these new content, all this new content all the time, mm. whilst also still being easy and engaging to new players is genuinely impressive because you run the risk, unfortunately, of alienating people with all this new high-end hardcore yeah. content. But you, they, they managed to skirt the, the line between mm. accessibility, but also engagement of the more 
the, the, the more hardcore quote unquote player base. Yeah, definitely. One of the things that I find really interesting that you, you mentioned and, and I'm glad that you, you did bring it up is sort of around this time. So like mid 2008, so like the burning crusade's been out for a year and a bit. Um, you're sort of approaching the point where Wrath of the Lich King, which is the, the second expansion, um, that comes out at the end of 2008 and they launched blizzard launched their own hardware like two-factor auth token like it was mm. like a, a, a key ring right that displayed a set of numbers that you had to enter when you logged into your to your uh, like wow or like your battlenet account and at the time like this wasn't brand new technology it was very common but it was very common for banking and yeah. it was very common for accessing corporate networks remotely yeah. <laughs> right if you if you were like a bit you know big business and you had lots of you know you, you know you had people that were working remote and they would have one of these tokens to so that if someone stole your username and password they couldn't log in you know two-factor auth is very common now we're all used to it um, and you know and, and everything has to almost every yeah. service you use has two-factor auth but the thing is is that wow like you mentioned about sort of like economy and things like that and you know we haven't really talked about and i don't think we're going to in this episode talked about like gold farms and things like that mm. but but like thing items in wow had real world value because yes. they had a certain amount of time associated to them yes, you know wow yeah. character you could sell your wow character to like a friend right and you would you would do a account transfer transfer a character and you know because your time and effort invested in your character was worth something you know like if someone didn't want to take that time they could buy a character instead yeah. now obviously blizzard didn't want you to do that wasn't no. you know this sort of like dark market was really not useful to them they weren't seeing any of this because well, they wouldn't see any of the money that's the thing isn't it like the money came from the, su the yeah. subscription cost and nothing else so but like wow accounts were one of the most popular things for people to try and hack into because mm. they were worth something and I find that staggering that like a game had to have security that rivaled banks, yeah. right? Like Just to keep its players safe from and it's like, digital attack. That's tank. amazing, amazing to me um, to to think that that was the the level of seriousness and the level of impact that that this game had on sort of. Yeah, like the the world around it and, and the people who yeah, play I, it. I just remember very distinctly from our own experiences with it how our friend Proen had one of these. Yeah. And it, I was like, why do you have that? And he was yeah. like, oh, well, you know, I've got quite a lot of expensive stuff in my game. Yeah. Like, it's been a long time to get it. And like, some of the stuff I've I got because I'm in this guild and this guild has sort of entrusted me with this kind of gear yeah. and stuff like that. And I'm thinking... Like I have one of those for my bank, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and my bank is probably worth less than you. Yeah, I right, like exactly. Sixteen or something, right? Yeah, I've got yeah, yeah, less yeah. money in my bank than you have on your WoW account. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like absolutely, and you know, and people are putting in thousands of hours as well. Mm. So just the the cost of that time, right? If you if you lost your character, it's like and it happened. Cool, that was six hundred hours. It did happen. It absolutely happened. You know, you you hear at no end of uh of tales of people having their accounts hacked or like lending yep. their account to a friend only to come back and see all the gear is gone and yep. whatever whatever and and the amount of like drama that would have caused and, and unfortunately blizzard had to try and deal with all that so yep. the easiest way for them to do it was to to give this level of security yep. to at least Absolutely. try and temper it somewhat exactly exactly and we're sort of approaching at this point like we're really approaching the peak at this point of wow right which is good which is pretty good timing um <laughs> you've got wrath of the lich king it was the sort of again broke its own they broke their own record it sold 2.8 million copies in the first 24 hours and in during wrath of the lich king they added the dungeon finder mm. right which was like an mm. automated way of queuing for a dungeon and and getting a pickup group and this is what 
people see as like the start of the end with wow because it's the end of hardcore in inverted commas wow which is so funny when we started this conversation saying that wow was the casual mmo uh and then you've added a casual feature and people are like oh i miss the days of hardcore wow and it's like well (laughs) do you want to play days of spamming lfg for three hours right exactly and during wrath of the lich king like in 2010 before cataclysm like that was where we we reached the the all-time peak of wow subscription mm. numbers with 12 million it never reaches that again from this point on it that's that's sort of like the the point it's really interesting though that even at this point like during wrath of the lich king only half of the uk has broadband right? like, <laughs> yeah. like that's that's staggering like really yeah. really staggering you know like and a very large amount of people who have been playing wow were still on dial-up yeah and that's yeah, people awful like, yeah that's i don't know yeah amazing it's amazing crazy to me, me that it even worked if i'm honest yeah. with you because like the game wasn't exactly like overly complex from a net code point of view probably no no because it, it's it's all done server side hence yeah. why they were servers you joined but even still like there was probably still a good amount of information that needs yeah. to be sent rapidly, like continually. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, they still managed to work with dial-up. It's, it genuinely impresses me. I guess it was a lot more forgiving than something like an FPS. You know, if you had yeah. like 100, 200 millisecond ping in a game like World of Warcraft, it doesn't really matter. But if you had 100 or 200 millisecond ping in Counter-Strike, it was basically unplayable. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting, the like yep. different demands, I guess. Now there's a retrospective topic to talk about. Yeah. Counter-Strike. <laughs> Oh my goodness, what's going on the list? But yeah, like, and then, so Wrath of the Lich King was what, for a couple of years? You had, at the end of 2010, they started to prep for Cataclysm. Uh, and and I think Cataclysm is a very interesting one to talk about it because mm. that very much is the change from what mm. WoW was to what WoW would be from there on in. Yeah. And one of the things that I always saw and always questioned, even back then, I remember even at the time questioning it, like they were constantly increasing the level cap. Yeah. And to me, this just seemed like uh, it had no good ending to it Mm, because every time you did it, you were just getting less, what's like, uh, you know, diminishing returns. Yeah. Because it felt impressive to get to level 60. Mm. But then they upped it to level 70. So you got there and then it felt impressive, but then they made it to level 80. Yeah. And every time they did it, I'm just thinking, well, you're undoing the hard work of all these people. Mm. Yeah. And eventually people are going to lose interest to do the grind over and over again to get yeah. there in the first place. Now, don't get me wrong, the games were still very good, like, but in terms of technicality, like the games themselves were well built and the world was still fun to explore and there were still a lot of players to enjoy spending that time with. But you can't just keep adding more levels. No. They did try and kind of like get around some of this because this was the first time they tried like the boosting effect, right? Where, mm. where they added the, the Death Knight where you could start at level 60 yeah. if you had a level 55 character. Mm. I don't remember exactly when they had the boosting for any character, but I think this was maybe at post-Cataclysm at least. We'll I talk think about so, that. yeah. Because also it's like... Because what's interesting is at this point, the game is really big and a lot of the starting areas are just completely deserted yeah. and no one is playing them, you know, and it's actually not until 2016, which we'll talk about in the next episode, that they added level scaling for the old zones. So mm. all the old zones were also like, you would just fly through them because it was so, they had made it, you know, they, they were making it quicker to level up. So you would do one starting zone and that would be enough, right? Whereas before you would have to do maybe three or four yeah, yeah. zones to get to level 20, let's say. Um, you know, you would get there so much quicker. So you just skipped most of the game. Which um, in a sense is a real shame because that content was still good. Yeah. So if you were a new player 
it's a shame that you weren't seeing all that new content, mm. all that original content, because it was still very good. Mm. But the game was such that there was just too much of it. And I can also see, like, this is now, what, four years, four and a half years on, roughly, I think, right? Since the game... No, it's more than that, isn't six it? Years. Six, six years. Six years, years in. Yeah. Six years is a long time. Like, yes. it doesn't feel like it because we've only talked about it for 30 minutes. But, like, six years is a very long time. If you just decide to come to WoW now, there's so much content to try yeah. and kind of get to grips with and kind of, like, wrap your head around. And, like, if you've got any level of interest in the lore, you're going to have to be there for days and weeks sort of, like, researching. And I, I remember, like, because we started, we played, like started playing at like wrath of the lich king time uh, time and i remember playing through wrath of the lich king i remember cataclysm coming out and even then it felt like like six years is a lot of time for a community to understand a game mm. and one of the big challenges i think that wow was starting to have at this point as a new player was that the game was so well understood that it felt quite difficult to get into because yes. it was like everyone already knows everything and if you know nothing quite difficult to break like into it's that quite a, yeah it's quite a barrier to like get into it and i think it seems only natural like cataclysm you know it got a, quite a mixed reception and you know this is where subscriber numbers start to fall for the first time ever and i think that it's a combination right of that feeling of what we're talking about about this game being so big and complicated and then they're trying to add things that make it simpler so in some ways they're like alienating existing hardcore yeah, inverted commas sure. players and also but also you're making a game that in some ways is getting harder and harder for new players because it's so overwhelming you know this is the kind of time where you people would start be asking the question like is 2010 a good year to start playing wow mm. you know like that's the sort of question you would start to, to to be looking up you know or should i play another mmo because at this point you're also getting a lot of new MMOs. You know, now you've got Guild Wars on the scene, you've got Lord of the Rings Online, I think. Mm. Like, there's a lot more MMOs on the scene. And also, we were talking about this before we started recording, like, when you think about Cataclysm, you've now got, like, the iPhone 3G, mm. the iPhone 4. Now you've got mobile gaming. Yeah. And, you know, that wows lure of to casual gamers or even non-gamers to start playing you know you've now got social media you've yeah, now got mobile yeah, yeah. gaming you know the the landscape has changed and that purpose that wow filled for people in those early days that and that also kept them around for quite a long time now you're sort of changing the game people are like well like let's my friends don't i can talk to my friends other ways now you're making the game less like how i want it you know you can you can just see all of these things i've had my together. fill anyway you, you know, know. Yeah. lots lots of things came together where there was quite a lot of burnout you know mm. like when people just didn't necessarily have as much of a reason to stick around like and six years is still a long time for a it's game a to live you know it's, it's a still a very good length of time also even in, in in like in like 2012 you know which is where it starts to decline so, so you that's like eight years, right, into the game. And you're dropping down to like nine million um, players. And <laughs> it's, it's like nine crazy. million people. Like, that's a lot. But, yes. you know, now you're also like, as Blizzard, you're going to start feeling the pressure as well. Because now it's like, okay, well, how do we, how do we come back from this? How do yep. we stall this decline? Because you don't want this to keep, like, if, the, if it keeps declining forever, then you, it's going to, like, you're going to, there's money going down the drain. You're, yeah. like, you're losing money from, from subscribers. Like companies want games to grow you don't want a game to shrink right no. you just you just want to keep it growing so now it's like you're at this point subscribers are declining the landscape has changed what do you do so they make a bit of a a, a decision 
with Cataclysm, which is pretty clear to see, in that they kind of rebuild the game from almost mm. from scratch in a sense. Mm. And they set themselves up for the next iteration of the same game without basically calling it anything but. Mm. They change a lot of the areas, they change a lot of the way in which the game is played and accessed. And that kind of I think they were probably more interested in trying to retain rather than grow mm. now. Like yes. they wanted to keep what they had rather than carry on losing it, rather than yeah. trying to gain bigger. And I guess at this point it starts to go towards a more traditional, uh, again, I use the term hardcore MMO, mm. trying to retain that sort of like that raid side of things and the uh, the more heavy sort of like min-maxers rather mm. than trying to appeal to new players. Mm. And that's what Cataclysm did. It sort of like leveled the playing field for them. It kind of like upgraded everything they needed to be able to build on top of like modernize mm. things. Yeah. Because I mean, at this point, yeah, it's an eight-year-old game. That's a lot. Yeah, it's yeah. quite an old game now. Like a lot, yeah. a lot's changed. Like a lot of the net infrastructure has changed. I imagine yeah. for them, yeah, games yeah, yeah. change. And that then leads into what we we're going to talk about in the second episode, which is the the fall or the slow decline, should mm. we say at least anyway, certainly we'll call it a fall yeah. of World of Warcraft. Like it's slipped from popular culture mm. prominence mm. to a well-established art MMO within a gaming landscape, which has basically left it behind now. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of interesting we'll talk about this in the next episode but there's a lot of interesting things that that blizzard try to do and it's really interesting to see how the changing landscape of video games affects the decisions that blizzard make about with their with world of warcraft and with the expansions and also world of warcraft classic right which Mm. is which is where we started this whole conversation was that that's what i've been you know i've been playing a little bit of that's also a really interesting point you know we really at this point it's it's years until World of Warcraft Classic, but at this point you already have people being like, "I miss the I miss the classic." Wow, um, and it's quite a while away before we have World of Warcraft Classic because you know there's a lot of other stuff that Blizzard do first. Mm. Um, but yeah, this has been there's so much, isn't there? There's so much about WoW to to talk through. You know, there's a lot of stuff that we've not covered or we've only touched on very very briefly. You know, we we've not talked about we didn't talk about some of the controversies around Blizzard, like the real ID stuff that was going yes, on at the yeah. same time. And you know, we've we've not talked about um, what else haven't we talked about? We talk about Which any of the content of the yeah, new expansions. we've not really talked about like you know what was in some of these expansions. You know, we've really looked at it from a growth you know and and sort of lay of the land point of view. Um, so if there's something in particular that you think we've missed out from this from this rise to to, to the you know the glory days of wow um then you should let us know you can send us an email show at octal.fm or tweet at us at octal.fm on twitter or you can facebook us facebook.com forward slash octal.fm or you can come and find me in world of warcraft classic but i can't remember the name of the server that i'm on <laughs> you're telling me there isn't an octal fm guild <laughs> there is not an octal fm there guild. will be you will make it yeah exactly <laughs> it, was, it was fun it was it was really interesting going back and thinking about this game from a more modern point of view with hindsight mm. because i think at the time everyone was very caught up in like wow mania as it were mm, yeah. whereas now we can look back on it with wow, that was really interesting how they managed to do this and what they were mm. planning to try and do and the reasons behind some of that growth. And I think 
the same thing is going to be very true for the the slow decline and the fall mm. as well, like the reasoning behind it, and yeah. the changing of the times. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting, uh, interesting look of it. And yeah. I apologise that we haven't spent more time on the WoW lore and the sort of the interesting <laughs> events within the game. So yeah. do get in touch, like Giles already mentioned. But mm. and if you get in touch quick enough, maybe we can mention it in the next episode or yeah. something. We can do like a soundbite on some of the things we missed or something. Yeah, absolutely. But until then. I've been Gelada. And I've been Sefran. And catch us again for another episode of Octal FM very soon. <laughs> <laughs>